chosen you out of the world. You did not choose me. I chose you. I have given you all authority and power. You shall receive my power and be my witness. You shall be strong and do great exploits. You shall be bold. You shall be fearless. You shall stand in my name. You shall be... Aren't you glad to be at Vertical this morning? Amen. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm, 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 mm. We're glad you're here for our, the second week in our Dauntless series. As we think about what it means to stand bold, courageous in who we are in Jesus Christ, we face the enemy, we face the world, and we stand without compromise. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, it was back in uh, March this year, March 15th, in fact, at 1.45 in Sweetwater, Florida, people were going about their regular day lives. People were coming back from lunch. People were going to school. People were going to work. 18-year-old Alexa Duran, a student at Florida International University, was driving near her school. Her father had just come in from London for a visit. At 1.45, Ms. Duran and eight others drove under a bridge that was under construction. 175 foot long pedestrian bridge. In a single moment that none had anticipated, 950 tons of concrete and steel came crashing down. Six cars were crushed, most barely recognizable. Eight people lost their lives that day. An unexpected tragedy that no one saw coming. Supposed to be a bridge that would help people get to the school, get to the parking lot. It was supposed to be something that was going to help people. It was supposed to be something that was going to protect people. It was supposed to be something good. Construction crews were working on the final parts of the installation of the project that morning. They were tightening cables that ran inside the beams of the bridge. That morning, workers reported hearing a cracking sound, but no one said anything. It had been noticed several weeks earlier that there were some visible cracks in the bridge foundations and supports no one said anything in fact just hours before the collapse of the bridge the company that engineered the project was having a meeting to announce that they had no concerns for the visible cracks that were seen in the bridge they saw compromise and did nothing. They heard the compromise and did nothing. Compromise in a bridge cost eight people's lives. Compromise in the life of the follower of Jesus Christ 
can be destructive to us personally and destructive to the people around us. As followers of the most holy God, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, given the gift of righteousness, we are called to walk righteously. We are called to walk with integrity. We are called to walk in full-hearted obedience without, without compromise, without any cracks in our core, without any element of giving in to temptation that could bring destruction to us, our family, people in our community, or the glory of God itself in our life. In our series, Dauntless, we are looking at what it means to live a life of full faith, confidence, and certainty. We're looking at the life of Daniel in the book of Daniel. We began last week with a look at what it means for Daniel to be a young man who lived with a dauntless faith. And we used a verse from 2 Chronicles as really the basis for our series. Let me show you this verse. It's our launching pad into the passage in Daniel. 2 Chronicles 16 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God has always been and is still in the business of looking for people through which he can show himself strong. He wants to glorify himself. He wants to make his ways known. And he does that through individuals who will have a heart surrendered to him, who will be sold out to him, who will say, I will live without compromise in my life. Second Chronicles says it as a heart that is loyal to him. And when God wants to do a work in a nation, in a community, in a church, in a family, in a marriage, he's looking. He's looking to and fro. Who will be the ones? Who will be the ones who will be loyal to me, sold out to me, have a heart without compromise. Our passage today is the book of Daniel, chapter 1. If you have your Bible and want to turn there, if you have your Bible app and want to go there, it's Daniel chapter 1. We're in verses 8 through 21. We set the scene last week. Daniel is a young man, along with many who were living in Jerusalem at the time. The people of God had been in the promised land for some 600 plus years, and they should have been walking in even greater gratefulness, greater obedience, greater joy at what God had done in setting them free from where they'd been and coming into a place of blessing. But instead, these 600 years later, you find the people of God walking in half-hearted interest. You find them backsliding. You find them mixing the ways of the world with their ways. You find them worshiping idols along with trying to worship God. You find them half-heartedly following after the Lord, and you find their nation in rubble. You find their homes wrecked. You find their families wrecked. You find their own national security a wreck, 
so much so that the wicked king Nebuchadnezzar has come in and taken captives. He has come in and taken over the culture. They've come in and they've taken over the security and what was once, once their place of worship and safety, Nebuchadnezzar has come in and he has taken some young men He's taken the finest young men from the land, the young men of nobility, young men of education, young men of great character. He's taken them and made them slaves in his own administration. Among those is a young man named Daniel. As we saw last week, Daniel and his friends were brought to a place where the king said, I'm going to re-educate you now. I'm going to train you in the ways of our people. For three years, you will go through a retraining process. Brainwashing is what it was. I'll train you in our ways. I'll give you my food. I'll give you the best of my wine, and you will now learn our ways. You will leave behind the ways that you have learned in your own land, the ways that had God at the center, and now you will learn my ways. You will worship our idols. You will eat the food we sacrifice to our idols. You will learn our ways. And against and up against all of that, verse 8 of chapter 1, Daniel does this. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel said, I may have been brought here out of my land. I may be where my family is not. I may be in a new place with a new culture and new ways, but I will not, I will not go against my God. I will hold true to what he's called me to. I will not defile myself. And this is where we ended last week. Daniel, purposing in his heart, he could not eat the food that went against God's laws. He could not eat the food that had been offered to idols. He couldn't drink his wine that had been offered to idols as well. And even though it would have helped him in his social status, even though it would have helped him get a lot more likes, even though it would have helped him get a lot more followers, even though it would have helped him in his career, even though it would have helped him in his finances, Daniel said, I cannot and I will not eat this food that has been offered to the idols. Daniel purposed in his heart, I will not defile myself brings us to our first point this morning that really ties in with last week's message, and it's this. Dauntless faith begins with a relentless passion to not compromise. You know, so, uh, it's so tempting and easy in the world today to think, well, you know, if I would just go along with that group, if I would just go along with the ways, if I would just go along with the culture, maybe I'll get some buy-in from them. Maybe they'll think I'm worth listening to. Maybe they'll think I'm cool if I do what they do. But I'm gonna tell you this, 
When God is looking for people that he will use to turn a nation, to turn a family, to turn a community, he's not looking for the ones who are willing to give in. He's looking for the ones who will be relentless and say, I will not compromise. That's who he's looking for. And if you're going to have a faith that is truly dauntless, where you can stand against whatever comes your way, it must begin with a relentless passion to never, ever compromise. It puts God's ways ahead of your own ways. You put God's glory ahead of your own glory. And you determine, I will not lie in any form or fashion. No matter what it may gain me, no matter what it might cost me. I will not put in my body what dishonors God. I will not be involved in that relationship that dishonors God. I will not do what is even satisfying to me if it dishonors God. It doesn't matter if no one's looking or no one will ever find out. I choose by my convictions to not compromise. I will not entertain conversations with other people or in my head that compromise what God has said about who I am and what he's called me to. Dauntless faith begins with this one purpose, to live with no compromise. You know, the thing about conviction like that, you have to set it before you get into the situation. This right now, here is the time to set your purposes and your convictions. When you're in God's presence with God's people, with God's spirit speaking and God's word alive, this is the time that you make your convictions. Because if you say, well, I'll just wait and see how it goes. I'll just wait until I get in the situation. I'll just wait and see what plays out. I promise you, if you wait till then to set your convictions, you'll fail every time. You set your convictions before you get into the situation. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself before he got into the situation. Let's go on in the story. The very next verse, verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. That's so interesting. Here Daniel is in a godless place. Here Daniel is in the administration of the most godless ruler of the day. Most cruel, heartless man with an administration to match. A culture that worshiped 50 gods. No lie, that's really what archaeologists have found. And here is Daniel, a man who sets his conviction and says, I will not defile myself. And the man that is responsible for Daniel and his friends somehow has found a place in his heart for Daniel. He is concerned about Daniel. He is caring towards Daniel. How can this be? This is unusual. He was godless. Daniel was godly. 
How could someone with few, if any, morals care for a man who's got great conviction? Look at the verse. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. God arranged the situation. God provided a door for Daniel. God allowed this man to have favor toward Daniel at a time when it would not have been normally expected. You see, just because you're dauntless doesn't mean that you have to be heartless. It would have been easy for Daniel to say, uh-uh, I'm not eating that food. What do you think you people are? Don't you know who I am? I'm Daniel. Back off, Jack. I'm not eating that food. That's what's nasty. You didn't read that anywhere in the scripture. I just mean making some stuff up. That's not how it went down. Daniel was very respectful. Daniel was respectful, respectful of his authorities. Daniel kept his conscience and his convictions, but he kept his character as well, and God opened a door. The verse goes on, or the passage goes on to verse 10, and it says, and the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I, I fear my lord the king, in fact his own boss is what he's talking about, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. The guy was saying, look here, Daniel, I'm nervous about this thing about you not wanting to eat the king's food and drink the king's drink because time's going to pass. And I know, Daniel, if you don't eat his food and his drink, I'm afraid you're going to come off looking weak at the end of the time. You're going to come off sick at the end of the time. And Daniel, you know who's going to be in trouble? It'll be me, not you. It'll be me because I didn't do what the king said. And Daniel has compassion for this man. The way the story reads, it's almost as though Daniel's saying, look, I can't defile myself and eat all that food. It goes against God's laws and it goes against the fact that you've offered it to idols. I cannot eat it. And it's almost as though Daniel's saying, I'm going to fast for a pretty good while. I'm not going to eat. And the, this guy's concerned. And here's God opening a door. Here is God creating a connection between Daniel and this man. And it tells us this, that dauntless faith knows that keeping the commands of God unleashes the power of God. Amen. You see, here's what most of us are tempted to think. If I say my convictions, if I say what I stand for, if I take a stand at work, if I take a stand in my social settings, it's going to cost me. People are going to leave me. I may get fired. I may get dumped. I may not have any friends. I may not have any family around. That's what we normally think. But I'm going to tell you what. When you choose to follow what God has said to you, he'll open a way and he'll show his power. Amen. It's just that today in our culture, even within the Christian culture, we tend to be more afraid of what people think about us than what God has said to us. Mm. We don't want those uh, likes on Facebook to go down. We don't want those followers on Instagram to go downward. We're still looking for upward. So we, in our social settings, try not to make it too obvious that we're a follower of Jesus Christ. We try not to make it too obvious that we stand for some convictions, that there's some things we won't do. 
that there's some things that we insist on doing. We're too afraid to make those stances because we're afraid of what might happen, but you've got to know that if you're going to have truly dauntless faith, you've got to know that God shows up in the lives of those who will hold true to their convictions and put him first. He's looking to show himself strong on behalf of who? Those who compromise, give in, and are afraid to stand for Christ? No, those whose hearts are loyal to him. And Daniel knows this truth. And Daniel's standing firm. And God is showing himself faithful because he's given favor for Daniel in the eyes of this man who had no business having any care or compassion for him. But it's when you put Christ first, when you are sold out, when you are refusing to compromise, that he begins to truly reveal his path, his way. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. You know it already. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, hold true to your convictions. In all your ways, hold true and don't compromise. And then he will reveal the path. Are you looking for God's will in your life? Are you looking for what the next step is? It comes to those who are fully surrendered and willing to not compromise. The passage continues in verse 11. It says, So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Daniel said, I've got an idea. I know you don't want to lose your head, chief. I know you've got a supervisor that you answer to. Here's the plan. You give me and my friends vegetables and water, while all the other guys, which historians tell us were about 75 in total. Daniel said, give us vegetables and water, while they, the rest, all eat the king's lavish, high-end, rich food and all of his finest wines. You give us vegetables and waters and let's just see what happens at the end of 10 days. 10 days. A test. 10 days to find out what would happen. And Daniel is so confident in God. He's so confident that God is going to honor the request. He's so confident that those who trust in him, God will show himself faithful on their behalf that he goes on with this in verse 13 and 14. He says, Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. The guy agreed. Fair enough. If at the end of the days I get to choose what happens to you, I'm in. 
you guys, you come off looking weak. You come off sick at the end of 10 days. You know what's going to happen. Daniel said, sure. But I know what's going to happen. I'm trusting my God. I'm walking in God's ways. I will not compromise, even in the slightest. It's interesting, back in the earlier in the verse, it said that uh, he wouldn't even eat a portion of the king's delicacies. Not even just a little. Come on, Daniel. There's some pork butt brisket up in there. That stuff's been smoking for a while, Daniel. Come on. Daniel, do you see that food? Do you see that fried chicken? Do you see those steaks? Do you see those pork chops? Do you see those mashed potatoes? Do you see that corn on the cob? Do you see those desserts? Do you see those coconut pies with that three inch high meringue on top? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff today. But this stuff had been offered to the idols. This stuff had been given in worship to their gods. And Daniel knew as good as it looked, he could not and would not give in even with the slightest piece. He didn't walk by and just try to snatch a piece of brisket and put it in his pocket for later. <laughs> he wouldn't defile himself even with the smallest portion of the king's delicacies. You see, Daniel was confident at the end of 10 days that God would prove himself faithful. Daniel knew that God had something bigger in store than just this moment. And Daniel was confident that God would give them the strength that he needed to face the temptation for 10 days. Look at this. The way the passage reads, it's not like they took Daniel and his friends and said, okay, boys, uh, y'all go sit over here in another room where they're serving vegetables and water. No, the way you're going to see the passage unfold in just a moment, here's what happened. The food is set out for the 75. Morning, noon, and night. The richest the most incredible foods ever seen on the planet at the time, and wine in abundance for them all. And Daniel and his friends would have to go into that place every day and face the smell, the sight, the thought of all that food. And while it was there, while he saw it, while everybody else was licking their chops and enjoying themselves and getting barbecue sauce all over their face and their clothes and just enjoying themselves, while all that was going on, Daniel and his friends were drinking water and eating vegetables. They had to see it every day. They had to face it every day. Ten days of in-your-face temptation. Mm. Ten days of self-denial. We're not going to do it. Boys, hold strong. God's given us his law. God's called us to something bigger. There's a lot more at stake here, boys. Let's stay true to God. Ten days of social pressure. Can you imagine the other 71 plus? What are you boys doing over there? Vegetables. Do you not see what we're eating over here? You guys are crazy. All the pressure. Come on, eat with us. What do you think? Are y'all more spiritual than us? 
all the ridicule, all the social embarrassment, all the awkwardness, not just at the meals, but all the rest of the day when they worked together, all of the exclusion that was going to happen, all the mocking that was going to happen, 10 days of thoughts for Daniel and his friends. 10 days of, you know, our family's not here. No one would know. 10 days of, man, everyone is doing it. What are we thinking? 10 days of, man, this would sure help us in this career position right here. We can't go back home. This would kind of elevate us. We could probably move up the ladder. And 10 days of, man, we could really fit in with some people right here and make things better. 10 days of facing the temptation over and over and over again. And you know, we talk as Christians about safeguarding our life, about setting up some safe zones in our life so that we don't go down the streets where the temptation is, so we don't go to the websites where the temptation is, so we don't hang around that group where the temptation is, we don't go to those places where the temptation is. And you can do that in your life, and you should do that in your life, but there are times when temptation is going to come up and just keep smacking you in the face every day. For Daniel and his friends, it was every day. It was 10 days. It was multiple times a day. The temptation, the allure, the pleasure was right there, and Daniel and his friends kept facing it. 10 days of facing temptation over and over and over again, and in the midst of it, Daniel was so convinced that God would protect him and God would show himself strong that when temptation kept slapping him in the face, Daniel kept saying, no, no. No, I will not compromise and defile myself. Amen. You see, that's what dauntless faith does. It faces relentless temptation. It stares relentless temptation in the face with resolve and says, No, I will not. I will not give in. It doesn't matter that no one sees me right now. It doesn't matter that I've covered my tracks. It doesn't matter that I've erased the browser history. It doesn't matter that no one will know. It doesn't matter that I probably won't be found out. It chooses by God's conviction in their heart to say no to the temptation and say yes to God. When you get to that place, God will show himself faithful in ways you could have never imagined. For Daniel and his friends, remember, this is 10 days in part of a three-year program. Three years of facing the allure and the temptation day in and day out. Three years of having to be trained in the ways of the Babylonians. But here's what the scripture says next. Here is what God did. Verse 15. At the end of the ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh. That actually means healthier. In flesh. 
Then all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Daniel and his friends at the end of the 10 days looked better than the other 70 plus. Thus, the steward, look here, took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. God showed himself faithful. They committed to trust him, and at the end of 10 days, the man removed all the delicacies that belonged to them, and they ate vegetables and water. When you hold true to your convictions, God will show himself strong. He'll give you self-control. He'll give you victory you didn't expect. He will show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Verse 17. As for these four young men, watch this. God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in visions and dreams. God gave them something. God did something for them because they were willing to hold true to their convictions, because they were willing to honor him above all things. God blessed them. He gave them something. He gave them spiritual life. He gave them insight. He blessed them. He gave Daniel understanding in visions and dreams. In other words, God rewarded their obedience. And God does that. God still does that today. He's looking for those who will put him first, resolve to have no compromise in their life, and he will bless those who do that. You see, dauntless faith is rewarded with rich insight into God's ways and powerful influence into man's ways. See, what happened is, it wasn't just because they ate the healthy food that they all of a sudden had insight into God's ways. It helped. But what happened was because they chose to honor God, because they chose to put what is spiritual above what is fleshly, God honored that, that truth, his word, and he blessed them. And all of a sudden now they had spiritual insight that they had never had before. They had understanding into God's ways that they had never had before because they chose to honor God first in their life. And God still does that today. It's funny how, how we do, though. We, we go about our week, our life, and all the while, we just keep feeding the flesh. We just give in to what it is we want. We want to be fed a certain way, we get that food. It's just part of living in this culture today. Hey, if I'm not careful, my car will drive to Raising Cane's every day. <laughs> it just does. It's a crazy thing. And, and Kiko's down and walks at you, too, for some good street tacos. I, I got to be careful. I'll end up there every day kind of thing. So... I have to choose. But if you just go through your week and you give in to whatever your flesh wants, whether it be food, 
drink, whether it be resentment towards someone that you know, whether it be envy, whether it be bitterness, whether it be anger, whether it's jealousy, maybe it's some kind of filth on TV, maybe it's some kind of filth on the internet. If you're feeding yourself all that stuff all week long and then you come to the end of the week and you say, God, I haven't seen you all week. Where have you been? Don't expect to find him if all you've been doing is feeding yourself all week long. He doesn't honor those who are feeding themselves. He honors and blesses those who seek him first. Amen. That's who he reveals himself to. So don't feed your flesh all week long and say, God, I don't understand why I'm not having any of my prayers answered. I'm so bitter, angry, jealous. I'm just stuck in all my addictions. I got this going on, this going on, and I'm still just feeding my flesh, doing what I want all the time, seeking my own ways. God, I don't know why I don't see you anywhere. God blesses with his presence in those whose hearts are broken, contrite, and seekers of him. And God blesses those who seek him, not just with insight into his ways, but influence into the ways of man. Man, our, this day in which we live is woefully absent of true godly voices who stand up and speak with conviction. Oh, there are some, don't get me wrong, but there ought to be a lot more. There ought to be a place where the church is not gathering in fear of what's out there, but gathering in confidence of what we're gonna do because of what's out there. We ought to be the ones who are not afraid of what the enemy is up to, but we're afraid of what's gonna happen if we don't do something about what the enemy's up to. We're so confident in Christ that we're willing to stand for Christ. That is what God is looking for in our day today. He's looking for those whose hearts are completely loyal, sold out, faithful to him, no compromise. You can't play both sides of the fence. You can't entertain sin and wonder why you aren't close to God. You can't live half-hearted and wonder why you don't have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You can't live disobedient, selfish, and distant from God and wonder why you don't see any blessing. It only comes to those who are willing to follow the convictions God's put in their heart, willing to walk according to God's ways, even when it costs them, even when it's tough, even when it could mean social rejection. This is where Daniel is. It may have cost him socially, but God is going to reward him and is rewarding him in ways beyond what he could have ever imagined. The passage continues in verse 18. It says, Now at the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Wow, now, now the real moment is on. This is the test. The time has passed. 
And it's time to see how things have gone. Three years have passed now in the story. Daniel and his friends have continued to eat vegetable and drink water. Daniel and his friends have been blessed by God. Daniel and his friends are continuing God's ways and holding true to their convictions with no compromise. And they're brought in before cruel, wicked King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 19. Then the king interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Wow. <coughs> Godly young men who held true to their convictions, who went against every social norm, chose to hold true to what God had said to them, and here they are interviewed by Nebuchadnezzar, wicked, godless, cruel. And when he interviews them, he is drawn to them. There's wisdom in them. There's insight into them. There's, there's understanding into the ways of life. And the king is caught up in it. So much so that they are brought to serve before the king. Verse 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. He brought all these people in who he used for consultants, for advisors about war, about city growth, about taking over, about life in the kingdom. He looked to all these advisors and he had plenty of them. But when he brought in Daniel and his friends, there was something different about him. In fact, it was 10 times different and better than anyone else he had found. They reached a place of influence that was really miraculous. It was because they held true to their convictions. We live in a day-to-day, -day, as I said, where there is an incredible need for wisdom in our land, for truth in our land, for someone to speak some sense, amen? amen. <laughs> to speak God's ways and to do it in such a way that people listen. Do you know where those people are today who have the potential of being in those places of influence? I believe they're sitting in churches this morning all across this nation. I believe there's some right here today. You're at a place in your life where you think, eh, yeah, I'm just trying to do my thing. I just, you know, I'm working. I got kids and, you know, try to do a little fishing on the weekends. Just, you know. My wife's, you know, doing her thing, and we're just trying to make it uh, church if we can. Huh? That's where a lot of people live. There is a place, however, that God is calling us as the church to, where we stop living that complacent, I'll fill my life with busyness stuff, 
where the church wakes up to what it's been called to, where individuals all of a sudden get it, where they all of a sudden come alive, where they all of a sudden choose to hold to their convictions, where they all of a sudden are not afraid anymore of what people think, where they put God's ways ahead of their own ways and they stand in conviction. And when they do, God is going to begin to use them. You see, when you hold true to your convictions, God will give you insight into his ways. And when he gives you insight into his ways, he'll give you influence into communities. It's time for the church to be the one who says, we have the answers for marriage. We know what is necessary for there to be a a marriage that honors God. We know what it is. It's time for the church to be the one that says, we know what it takes to raise children. Yes, we're in it too, but we believe God has given us the answers for it and we're walking in it. We're not arrogant about it, but we're confident in it because we know what God's called us to. The church ought to be the one who says, we know how to operate financially in this world today. God's given us wisdom and insight and we're operating according to his ways and God's blessing. It's time for the church to be that. It's time for us to be the head and not the tail. It's time for us to have that kind of dauntless faith where we stop being the back side and start being on the front end. It's time for us to be the ones who rise up and we get to the place where all of a sudden you, you sense God has something for me. God's got something bigger than what I'm about right now. You see, your business, the place you work, it needs you. And I don't mean need you just to fill an hourly position. It needs you to come in and speak God's ways. It needs you to come in and speak. You say, well, she don't seem like it right now. That's exactly what Daniel would have said about Nebuchadnezzar. Who would have thought that a wicked king would ever listen to a teenage boy who had held true to his convictions? Nobody would have thought that, not even Daniel himself, except he believed God. And some of you are sitting in a place today where God is calling you to a place of greater influence. You know it inside. I don't have to convince you that it's down in there. You've heard it. You've experienced it. You know what I'm talking about right now. The problem is, you keep putting that voice down. You keep shutting it out. You keep choosing to other voices instead of truly believing God. There are people here today that God could be going to raise up to make a difference even in some government positions. Locally, county, state, or national. Don't say, "Uh uh-uh. Don't say, nah. Don't say, I don't have any experience in that. Don't say, I don't think God's gonna use me. Because Daniel could have said all those exact same things. But Daniel chose to hold true to his convictions. And when he did, it was his element of refusing to compromise that propelled him right up into the place that God had for them. 
And what's standing between you and that thing that you hear in here, that voice that you hear in here, what's standing between you and that place, that thing, is your choice to not compromise. You thought that is what would keep you back, but it is actually what will propel you forward. It's what moved Daniel to a new place of influence. The end of our passage today is this one single verse. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. It kind of gives us this jump ahead in history. But what it's telling us is Daniel served under Nebuchadnezzar for 70 more years. Wow. God elevated him when he chose to not compromise and put him in a place of powerful influence. And all that's going to unfold over the weeks ahead is more and more of how God is going to bless Daniel. I close today with the truth that we began with. God will show himself strong on behalf of those who will have dauntless faith and refuse to compromise. Who will refuse to compromise. Did you know that whatever it is, whatever the amount is that you're willing to compromise is really the value you put upon your soul. Let me explain it this way. If someone came up at work and tempted you with something, and tempted you to the point where you were going to be able to walk away with $100, but you knew it was going to go against your convictions, if you chose to give in and take the $100, in effect what you've just said is, my worth as a person is only $100 because I'm willing to trade my soul, my peace with God, my confidence in my faith, my calling before God, I'm willing to trade it away for $100. You are saying that's all you are worth. Well, let's just up it a little bit because people usually aren't tempted to cheat and steal for $100. let us just boost it right on up there. Let's get past 1,000, let's get past 10,000, let's get past 100,000, let's just say it's a million dollars. You have an opportunity before you, if you'll compromise, if you'll cheat, if you'll be deceptive, if you'll lie, you could have one million dollars. Mm. That changes the game a little bit, doesn't it? A million dollars, if you'll just lie. If you'll just deceive, if you buy into it, you've just put the value of your life at a million dollars. That that is your price. That is what you believe you're worth. We can change the topic to any other sin, a look of lust, a one night stand, 
and a fair, a chance to increase your position at your career, your job, some form of personal acceptance, some form of pleasure for a moment, whatever you put in the blank and say, I would do it for that. You just put the value on your soul. And I want to remind you this morning as we close something about the worth of your soul. Maybe you've never thought if a million dollars would do it, if 10 million would do it, if the right person said yes, you'd do it. But I want to remind you what your real worth is today. Your worth today is not in the great accomplishments of your life. Your worth today is not diminished by the great failures of your life. Your worth is what has been paid for you. Your worth as a child of God is not valued on what you've done, but on what God has done for you. Let me read to you 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. If you were, that would be the worth of your soul. You weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But here's what you have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price, a precious price, a price of no other equal value. Your soul is worth the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no greater value than that. That is who you are today. That's what you've been redeemed with today. This is your worth. Why? Why would you compromise it for anything else? Why would you allow even a crack in your core to give in to one lie, one deception, to give in to one moment of pleasure, to speak one Lie to crack your core when he's called you to full righteousness and obedience in Jesus Christ. The world is in desperate need today of new leaders who will stand up, who will speak truth, who will hold to their convictions, who will be dauntless. And it starts here. It starts now. Not later this week when you go home and think about all this. Not later today and tonight when you're sitting in your easy chair rethinking what's happened. This is the moment when God speaks, that's when you respond. When God is given direction, that's when you respond. I'm confident that God is speaking right now. That there are some very specific areas where he is speaking to each of us. He's speaking to the person next to you. You don't have to remind them. They're hearing it. Just close them out for just a moment. This is you. And the God, the holy God, who's created you and redeemed you. He's speaking to you about some errors in your life that you have allowed compromise to come in.
Some areas where you have just allowed a little bit of buy-in. You've given in to the ways of social pressure. You've given in to some areas of compromise and you've known it. And today, he's speaking to you about it and calling you out of it. So what you do right now is you repent, God. Forgive me for doing that. Forgive me for compromising your ways. And you commit, God, I will walk in truth, in righteousness. I will stand, though it costs me, I will not compromise. I will be dauntless, regardless. Regardless of what others say, regardless of the cost, you are worth far more. Would you bow your heads with me? I'd encourage you to take this time right now to speak to God. He's speaking to you. Repent of whatever sin it is. Whatever that specific area is he's pointing out. Maybe it's been in relation to work. Maybe it's been in relation to your own personal habits. Maybe it's been in some social settings. He's calling you away. He's calling you to himself. He's calling you to full obedience. To make the choice to be dauntless. Heavenly Father, I thank you for speaking to us. For reaching out a hand of grace and a hand of calling. That calls us out of where we've been. It calls us into a new place of righteousness, a new place of obedience, a new place where we stand in who you've made us and in the worth and the value of Jesus Christ. You're looking, your eyes are looking to and fro throughout the earth today. You're looking right now for those whose hearts will be loyal to you, whose hearts will be sold out to you, whose hearts will be faithful, who will choose to not compromise. And may you raise up out of those who respond, people who know your ways, who have rich insight into your ways, who begin to be influencers into our culture, who speak truth, who are unafraid to speak truth, and you use them to change our world. And may it begin right here, right now, this morning. Thank you for speaking to us, Father. We hear, we're responding. We pray in Christ's name, amen. I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope it has inspired you to lift him up and live him out. If you'd like to know more about Vertical Church, check us out online at verticalchurchovilla.com. We'll see you next time.